What's up, guys? Welcome into a post-Week 18 episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. And Money, I was just saying, you guys took off after the game. We didn't really get a chance to talk about Sunday and a couple of things. It was one of the best regular season games of all time. Um, And I know it still stings for Chargers fans, but in the same breath, I think we witnessed one of the great quarterback performances in a loss, maybe ever. I mean, that fourth quarter and overtime was remarkable from Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, it's, it's a plug. And look, I work for the Shield, so maybe call me a shill, but it's one of the great things about NFL Game Pass is you can go back and, and watch the, the game, you know, the coach's film. You can watch the broadcast. You can watch condensed. They, they present a number of different options for you to, to watch the game. And I would encourage uh, any Charger fan and, and really any football fan to watch what Justin Herbert did. And it's a shame that they lost because had they won, I, I think you I don't think anyone still would have been over it. I think today when we're recording this podcast on a Thursday, the national shows, the NFL lives as they preview for the Buffalo Bills game, you know, that they would have been headed to for the playoffs. They would have been talking about how this is one of the greatest individual game quarterback performances that we have ever seen. And I think anybody that looks at the box score and sees an interception and sees a low completion rate, that that does not tell the story. The And this is like one of the things about calling the game. And I guess to pull back the curtain, you know, when it comes to play by play, being a play by play person, yeah. like you always want to save a little, right? You don't, you can't puke all over the game, uh, you know, in the first quarter when they convert a third and long, you have to remember to keep yourself in check. Well, the fourth quarter was so hard to call because every single fourth down was the season. If they don't make the line to gain, the season is over and they are done. If they make the line to gain, they have another opportunity to make, to continue this incredible comeback in the final five minutes of the game and advance to the playoffs where we know they'll be one of the most dangerous teams in the postseason. So it's really hard for me to try to hold back a little bit every time he made one of those throws. And, and I don't think I did. I assume it, it's a it's probably a circus of a, of a play-by-play call because of how excited I sound and, and how much energy I put into every one of those calls. So I kind of felt, to be honest, like I felt like I called a bad game. I was like, man, you, you really did a disservice to that game, screaming and yelling over everything about how excited you were when he was converted. But then I went back and watched all the throws and I was like, oh, no, those each one of those is like a touchdown. Each one of those fourth down throws, the spot where he put it, the number of defenders around where he was throwing, the coverages, the pressure that he was getting, they really are. It was like, I think he was four for four on the, the second touchdown drive. And they're incredible. Like it just it, for, for people that are listening, go watch those. throws. It is it's crazy. Like it really is. And man, it just it really compounds the pain that they weren't able to, to close this thing out and advance to Buffalo. Cause to me, that's one of those, Oh, you faced adversity. You got over the hump and now you're like, okay, now we're going. And it's such a bummer that it's over. You know, you're right. I mean, if, if he doesn't convert one of those fourth downs, like we're not having any of this no. conversation, right? I mean, the, the game ends in a, in a, just a tough 29, 22 or 29, 15 that the chargers, you know, they laid an egg. They weren't, you know, they didn't live up to the moment. They, you know, they dug a hole and couldn't get out of it. They were sloppy. There were a ton of penalties. Like, those are the conversations, right? Coaches' decisions. 19 plays, 83 yards in two minutes and six seconds. Like, that drive felt like a quarter in and of itself, right? 
and, tell and me go, about it. I, yeah, I and I want I want to talk about just what was going on in the booth. But I, money, I go back to the strip sack that Joey Bosa had. Justin Jones was like this close to recovering yeah, that ball. That's a sore spot for me because I called it as a recovery because we it well, was right it. in front of us and he had I was, it. I was and, on and, the field right in front of Jones. He yeah. had it, and, and Parker all of a sudden, took it away. He didn't. No. And, and that's what led to the 19 play. 83 yard drive like Justin could have had the ball right there and could have had it tied it up and maybe yeah but but then who knows then maybe the Raiders drive the field and they kick a game-winning field goal and we don't have that incredible overtime where the tie comes into play and Steelers players and fans are freaking out you know over the final one minute 20 seconds of this game there were so many elements to it um it was utter mayhem it was utter chaos and and I think you know one of the reasons why people were so excited about it is, you know, the Chargers, it looked like they were, you know, it looked like it was over. It's 29-14, you know, Herbert throws the interception, and it's just like, oh, man, what a, you know, they did it, you know, the Houston yeah. game. They picked another just huge opportunity to get into the playoffs to, to not play their best, and it's too bad, um, especially after they had scored 14 straight. You know, they were going to get the ball at the start of the, the the third quarter, you know, maybe with an opportunity to go up 21 to 10 instead. Stupid pass interference penalty. That incredible, I shouldn't say incredible, that ridiculous third and 21 conversion yeah. from the the Raiders or third and 23, whatever it was, how that was allowed to happen is, is again, you'll twist your brain into a pretzel trying to relive these plays. But there's just so much in that game. So to have Herbert grab the team by the back of their neck and just drag them into overtime was I mean, it's something that I could watch over and over and over again and never get tired of it. I just wish the end of the game would have been a Charger victory in overtime. And that's what it was. It was like almost set up like you can't you can't convert six fourth downs and you can't have a 19 play 83 yard drive. You can't have a fourth and 21 and a touchdown to Josh Palmer and not win the game after that and yeah. just everything that went down. And I, I know it's been talked about for days and days, but. Like I just I want to peel back the curtain in the booth because you've you've covered and, and called so many of these wild games this year. Like the the Cleveland game was insanity. The, Pittsburgh. the, Pitt, the yeah. Pittsburgh game was insane. I, I'm, I'm missing probably two or three others that were just. Well, just like, think about the Washington drive. You know, the first game of the year. Where they you know, iced the Kansas, it, yeah. yeah, they iced it. Then they iced it again in Kansas City with a six and a half minute drive. You know, four turnovers against the Chiefs. Yet somehow Kansas City has a lead in the fourth quarter. The Thursday night game against Cincinnati with all the fourth downs that you know weren't converted into points. Yet they're still in the game until the very end. Like it was, you know, went into overtime. Like they're. You know, and I think Bengals. that's how about the Bengals game where they're up right. and all of a sudden they were about to lose the lead and then right. they went by 19. It was like two games in one. Yeah, it's been a it's it's, it's been a fun year. It's been a lot of fun. And and I think, you know, I, I thought Brandon Staley said something that was just it summed it up perfectly uh, in his press conference yesterday. Um, one of the I, I wish I could give credit to the, the, the beat writer that asked the question, but they asked about whether or not this team was talented enough, you know, to did, did he think he had enough talent? to, to win in the postseason, And, uh, and it was just, it was a great answer by coach Staley. He said, you know, I don't like that word. Of course we're talented, but you know, the difference is, are you a championship team? You know, have you attained the championship level of play that you need to have in order to take that next step? And he said, and those are the kind of questions that you have to do some self-analyzation and figure out, you know, are you a championship team? Do you have, what it takes to get the stops when you have to get them, to get the wins when you have to get them to get. And I think the answer for this team is no, 
You know, I, I think the third and four, we all knew Josh Jacobs was getting that ball. We knew damn well that Rich Passaccia was not going to let Derek Carr drop back. Not with that offensive line, not with a strip sack or on the on the drive in you know at the end of regulation that allowed the Chargers to get the ball back and, and tie this thing up. And you know it's coming, and they know they're bringing it to you. And instead of even if you let them get a first down by a half yard, okay, now it's fifty four yarder. You know, you bang your second time out and you got 35, 40 seconds left in the game. And if you miss it, Chargers got to complete what? One Justin Herbert pass, two Justin Herbert passes. And now they're looking at a 50-yard field goal for the win. So my guess is if it's a Daniel Carlson 59-yarder, 56-yarder, I think they punt, you know? And I, and I think that's the difference from championship to really, really, really good is when you knew it was coming just the execution wasn't there. And when he rips it off for 10 yards and it's a 47 yarder, well, then of course you're going to try the field goal and not punt. First year of this program, they go nine and eight. And, you know, it's, it's just a shame that we're not going to see Justin Herbert play playoff football because mm-hmm. I tell you what, I don't care if it's zero degrees or 10 degrees or whatever it's supposed to be in Buffalo Saturday night. Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen would have been must see TV on CBS Saturday night. Um, but you look at it and they beat five playoff teams this year. It's the first year under Coach Staley. Uh, they have the second most cap space in the NFL going into free agency. They have 11 draft picks. And I think some of these younger guys did develop, whether it's on special teams. You could point to Rashawn Slater, who had an all-pro year at left yeah. tackle. Um, Asante Samuel, I think if he has a healthy full season, he can do some things in his sophomore season. So, like – I, I hate saying the future is bright because we tend to do that at the end of each year. Um, everybody does. Yeah. That's, everybody that's does football, but, you know, but nobody has number 10, right? Like, right. like nobody has number 10. And, and that's, and that's the one thing that I think Chargers fans can really lean on is you have a franchise left tackle and a franchise quarterback. And I, I'll probably go this far to say that may be the last time money. We don't see Justin Herbert, um, in the postseason. I think he's going to be in the postseason for the rest of his career. Yeah. Oh, he better be, you know, I think, cause, cause the, this, these are the years that you have to, that that's why I think it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a missed opportunity because he's on that rookie deal and he's already one of the, whatever you want to pick, what number five, three, seven, 10 yeah, doesn't matter. quarterbacks in the game, you know, just pick it. And, and he's it. Um, and he's starting the pro bowl. And again, coming off that performance, I, I don't know too many other quarterbacks I'd rather have back there. Um, so I think that's, but and I think just as an exercise for the for the people listening or watching, you know, don't don't go and 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 look at you know the games where you felt like it was a letdown. You know, the Sunday night game, the game against Houston, uh, the game against Minnesota, the game against the Cowboys. That you know, the the Bronco game in Denver. Let's not forget, you know, they won in Kansas City. They were down fourteen in the fourth quarter against Cleveland. You know the they turned the ball over three times against Pittsburgh to give them 17 points and get them back into that game and were able to overcome it. So that works both ways. You know, there's games that they won that, that maybe you didn't circle as games they were going to win. So don't, don't go through that. No, if they'd only beat Houston and still, yes, fine. You know, if they had one more win, they'd be in the playoffs. As far as the future goes, um, there's a lot of great things coming their way. They have all their draft picks. They have $72 million in cap room. Now, a lot of that's, you know, they're going to have to figure out how much of that they want to use for their own players. You know, you got Kaiser White, 
You got Derwin James, who's going to get an extension. I, I guarantee it. You know, they're not going to put him on a fifth year. That's for sure. He's he's going to get extended. Uh, you got to decide whether or not you want to bring Mike back. I mean, it certainly looked like he was Justin's go-to guy in those gotta-have-it moments. And man, he put up a performance for the ages in that fourth quarter. That dude gave every ounce he had uh, in that game against the Raiders. So, you know, a lot of money's going to go to that. Don't think they have 72 million bucks to keep all the players they have right now and then just add to it. But that's what they got to figure out. Um, you know, I thought Coach Staley, you know, was honest about it. And I'm, I'm anxious, you know, we were supposed to talk to Tom today. I think we're talking to Tom tomorrow on Petros and Money. So I'm anxious to kind of see how, you know, transparent he'll be or how much of his hand he'll show. But um, obviously, they've got to get the right side of the line fixed. Uh, they were able to overcome it because the left side was so good. So I don't know if that means you bring a Bushi back and, and then you go out and find a right tackle, uh, if that's the draft or, or how that all lines up. But but certainly, you know, Storm, you know, you, you tip your cap to him for coming in and, and filling in for Balaga, who, who played maybe 10 snaps. Who knows what he had out there this year and didn't play last year. Um, but I, I think beyond that, defensive line, you know, get some depth there, fix that up, fix your run defense, maybe a linebacker um, to help with that depth at that position. And I think, you know, when it comes to Asante, like to me, I, I think it was, you know, I think it, it kind of told the story, right? He's a really good coverage corner, but let's not forget, you know, corners have to tackle too, you know, and, and we saw him take on Najee Harris and, and got a pretty gnarly concussion. Um, and he's the guy that was, you know, the last line of defense against Josh Jacobs on that third and four in overtime. And he got taken for a ride for six, seven yards. So you know, I, I wonder if if they think, OK, we got to get a bigger outside corner so Asante can really thrive inside because those outside corners are typically the ones that are tasked with tackling and have to fill those holes. You know, if, if a lineman like Joey got stood up by, by Colton Miller on that pull um, and Kaiser was filling the inside hole. So now it's up to the corner to stop that play. So to me, like that's probably I think big corner, big outside corner, you know, defensive line, linebacker right tackle uh, probably and probably tight end because I think Cook was kind of that, you know, sort of one year area as good as McKitty was at the end of the year. I think that's probably what I if I had to guess, that's what I'm thinking. They're probably looking at this offseason. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. And and keep in mind, too, like Chenna Nuosu had the best game of his life. Yeah, Chenna free agent. Justin and they're, they're, they're going to bring him back. Yeah, Justin Jones. So that's look, that's a lot of money. You know, that is a lot of money. I, I would not be surprised to see someone throw some serious cash at Chenna. Yeah. Um, cause he can fit into so many different schemes. He's, and he's, he's a great guy, you know, same with Justin Jones, you know, those guys are going to cost money. Kaiser is going to cost money. It's hard to find athletic linebackers that are that strong and can fill and cover, uh, and create turnovers. So, you know, their own players are, you know, Derwin's going to be the highest paid safety in the game, if not one of the highest paid defensive players in the game. So that's going to take a chunk of it. It's not easy, man. It's it's not easy being a GM and a you know our man Ed and trying to manage that cap and and figure it all out. Those guys got a lot to figure out here over these next couple months. Well, that's a great point because we we do talk about yeah, they got the second most cap space in the league. But hold on, you got to keep thirty three, and yeah. you got to keep some of these guys from that twenty eighteen class who have been so instrumental this year. I mean, I go back to that draft class money. I mean, Chenna was a second round pick. Justin Jones was the third round pick and Kaiser was the fourth round pick. Third one was the yeah. first round pick. Those four guys were starters this year. I mean, yeah. how rare is it to get your first, first four picks a few years later to be, you know, starting impact players on your defense. So 
Uh, I, I just I think that personnel is going to look a little bit different next year, especially when we look at third down defense and and stopping the run. Um, I, I go back to that week four game where they were able to bottle up Josh Jacobs. And, you know, I think we said it like you, you have to stop the run and you know that they were going to lean on Jacobs. They they were doing it, at the, at, you know, the last few games of this past season and you knew it was coming. And, and unfortunately, they just were not able to stop the run. And there were just spurts throughout the year where that really bit them. Um, and yeah, and it's too bad, Chris, because, you know, they stopped in the first half. I know. You know, they, they had him bottle. I think he had 10 carries for 21 yards. So they had shut down the run in the first half. You know, Derek Carr had missed some throws. He missed that touchdown to, to Zay where they were able to get Kenneth Murray on him, and he just blew him away by 10 yards, and, and Carr just threw a terrible pass. Um, but outside of that, Chargers defense bottled him up. They weren't running. Uh, you know, there was obviously the third and 21, and that was a missed assignment, uh, yeah. or third and 23, whatever it was. It was just a – anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get too deep into that. But, um, but, but you know, think, that, that's the thing is it was one half. What do you think changed in the second half with, with the, the, just the run game? Because he was he – was, Well, I think the defense was gassed. Yeah. You know, the offense was not executing in the second half. So the defense was gassed. Um, to me is, is what it was, um, you know, and I think that's, and it was just weird, you know, the, it, it was like they, they were getting pressure on Carr, uh, and he was just kind of dinking and dying. like the Raiders off. So think about this, right? They drive right down the field, but the defense holds, they kick a field goal. Their first touchdown comes on the fumbled punt return from Roberts, um, so now it's 10 nothing. Then the Chargers score 14 unanswered. And then they got the third and 23. Yeah. And they get them off the field. They've got all three timeouts. And they've got, I think, the two-minute warning had already passed. And I'm like, man, they can go up 21-10 right here. And this thing is over. And they get the uh, ball second half. And they get the – that's what I mean, because they get the ball to start the second half. And clearly the offense, it, it kind of – you know, they looked a little jittery, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I know it, it just – it looked like, okay, guys, just weather this. And they did. And you settle in. And that's what happened. Like the first five, seven, 10 minutes of the game. It's like, all right, this is weird. You know, Justin's missing some passes. Roberts fumbles punt. It's a huge game. I get it. Just you're good here. All right. 10 nothing is totally manageable to overcome. And as soon as they scored that first touchdown, you could feel it. It's like, all right, here we go. They, they were able to get past it, you know, get that initial rush out of you. And now you settle in and it's like, ah, and that's what it felt like until that third and 23 run. And, and, it, and, and following that, I think it was just such a shock to the system that, you know, then you get the just incredibly hard to process and reconcile pass interference call on Chris Harris, how that's PI in the end zone and a goal to go at the one. I'll never understand. Look, it was a bad play by Chris. He didn't get his head around to identify the ball. And I think had he done that, maybe – it was a total flop threw in the it end into zone. The black hole. He threw it into the black exactly. hole. Exactly. We threw it into the so for if you didn't see it, I'm sure everybody listening did, but you know, he threw it to the the left corner and they're right in the middle of the end zone. Like it's not a catchable ball. Yeah. Um, but it was a total acting job. I think it was Zay that 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 did it and acted like he was breaking to the corner because he was able to turn his head around and find it. And I think had Chris done the same thing, he would have bent with him. Um, because look, he was running a post. He's not running a corner. So Harris is just carrying him into the post and trying to cover him. And Carr just throws it up to try to get the flag. He's not trying to throw it toward Chris Harris because he was covered. 
So as they bent back to then go to the corner, even though he's already in the end zone, he runs right into Chris Harris. They throw the flag and it was just a terrible play. So then they get the touchdown and it's like, ah, crap, here we go. Yeah, it was um, two plays, man. It's the third and 23 and then the thrown up pass interference that, yeah. that I think really kind of flipped things. Yeah, they should have called it illegal contact, 10 yards or, you know, yeah, holding yeah, five yeah. yards and a first down. But to, to give them the ball at the one was just, it's an embarrassment that they, that they decided to, do, to go with that. You know, and then, you know, Dustin's been great all year. It was a 51-yarder uh, coming out of the third, and, you know, you, you lose three points there. Um, it just, you know, a lot of things just went wrong, and I think Justin Herbert's heroics masked that uh, at the end of the game. And, yeah. You know, we were we were treated to one of the best games ever, man. Like, you've called a million games. You've been to a million games. Is, is that the greatest game you've seen? I mean, it's up there. Um, you know, I think the – I'm trying to think. I mean, I've called some great college football games. I, I called a Stanford Cal game that was unreal. I called a Jeremiah Masoli, Andrew Luck, Stanford, Oregon game, essentially mm. for the Pac-12 championship that was ridiculous. Um, and I think the one, like the only pushback I would have on greatest game ever is just how bogged down it was, you know, but th- there was like a pretty good stretch there where it wasn't really pretty, you know, when they went up 29-14 and the Chargers offense couldn't get anything going. So, Look, the final five minutes and overtime was unbelievable, right? So I think that's kind of where, as opposed to just like a back and forth duel that was like, I think about that Cleveland game and how incredible that fourth quarter was like, that That was was just, that was crazy. 41 points in the fourth quarter. It was just stupid. It was so fun. But I think I'm, I guess maybe when I say greatest game, I I think I, I know what you mean. All the outside it's week 18, the Colts freaking lost to the Jags. The Steelers, Steeler Nation is wondering if they're going to go to the playoffs. Um, yeah. Everybody has talked about this thing, maybe jokingly, about the tie. It's a real possibility with two seconds left on the clock. I mean, it's just, I, I think the lead up, the fact that it was week 18, the fact that all these different scenarios kind of fell into place and the entire NFL world has their eyes on Las Vegas in that exact moment. It just, I, I don't recall a, a, a regular season game that had that much packed into it. And, yeah. and the fact that it's the first ever 17 game season and it's coming down to the last two seconds of it. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, that's the difference. You're yeah. right. You know, just the, the gravity with which the, the game was played under um, certainly play, was played with, I think certainly adds to it. And again, just the, the quarterbacking performance from Justin Herbert was incredible. I mean, just utterly completely incredible um and again it's a bummer that we have to continue to talk about it because it ended in a loss and it ended uh their season and they they won't because they're every bit as good you know when the i think i said this last week or i might have said it for the thursday game um against the chiefs when we were talking about just the biggest game that that we've seen since you know since i've been calling games for the chargers and and i think the difference this year is i really believe this team could win could 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 make a run and, mm-hmm. and make it to the Super Bowl. I think they were good enough, and Herbert's just that good and seems to overcome whatever adversity is presented to him. They have someone that can drag a defense over a finish line in Derwin James. Um, you know, and they had won at Arrowhead. And, you know, Buffalo has struggled these final two weeks uh, against teams that aren't good, you know, the Jets and the Falcons. You know, they just did not play their best football. They already beat Cincinnati. They already beat Kansas City. You know, the Titans are kind of the one question mark. You don't you just don't know what they are, but it's been a middling offense you know, Tannehill's good. Is he good? Is he great? Is the defense really good? Is it great? 
you know, you just, you feel good about any of those matchups and it's a, it's a damn shame that, that we're not going to get them. I also will, will go back to that Thursday night game and, you know, had the chargers won that game. We're, we're talking about them being out of the playoffs right now. They could have easily been the number one seed yeah. in the AFC had they won that game. Like, yeah, they just were changed the, the trajectory. Seat. Yeah. They were in the driver's seat for the division and, you know, Listen, the, the co- there's there's so many. As I said, though, like it's so, it's such a tough exercise, Chris, because they've so easily could have lost that game to the Browns. You know, they You're easily right. could have right. lost that game to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Eagles. You know, the Eagles game, right? So there's that again. I think it's it's you'll 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 go crazy asking yourself how did this team lose to the Texans? You know, in in week fifteen or week sixteen, how did that happen? And look, Texans almost knocked off the Titans and the Titans didn't have COVID issues, you know, and, and yet that game was in the balance in the final three minutes. So, you know, they're NFL teams. They're all talented. The Jags beat the Bills nine to six. The Jags ended the Colts season and they showed nothing for eight weeks straight. So it happens. You know, the, these losses happen. Um, you just it's why you just in the NFL, it's what makes it the best sport in the world is there are no free passes. You know, if, if you if you stumble, it's probably going to come back to get you. And and that's unfortunate. It's, you know, the Colts started zero and three. They were the proverbial team nobody wants to face in the playoffs after week 16. Then they lay an egg against the Raiders, lay an egg against the Jags. And they're not even in. You know, imagine what they're thinking in Indianapolis. I mean, they are cruising and they lose at home to the Raiders and they lose in Jacksonville, all they had to do was beat the Jags and they're the five seed and they're out of the playoffs and, and played horribly. So think about that sort of fate versus what the Chargers were treated to on Sunday night in week 18 against the Raiders and how just by the slimmest of margins, two seconds left on the clock and a 47 yard field goal is what kept them out yeah. um, versus for- getting thumped by the Jags and, and just laying an egg and being completely humiliated and embarrassed. It's good perspective because it, it to to me and really it really was the first playoff game of the year. You yeah, know? that was that that kicked off the wild card weekend in my opinion. Hey, yeah. I want to I want to ask you this. I'm going to ask our beats this too. I'm curious to get your your answer um, as we close out here. We know Justin Herbert's the team MVP. If if you had to take Herbert out of the conversation, who would be the Chargers team MVP this year? Uh, Derwin. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's just he, he was kind of the the, the, the Justin of the defense, right? It was like whenever you needed that play, it seemed like he was the guy that, that made it happen. Um, he was incredible this year. He's everywhere on the field, you know, at the line of scrimmage, you know, out in coverage on wide receivers and, and tight ends. Uh, and he's just so important. Like, you know, the, think about the award, right? It's MVP, valuable. You know, is there anyone on this? When you take Justin Herbert out of the conversation, who is more valuable to this team on and off the field than Derwin? Like to yep. me, it's not even close just from a leadership, from a tone setter combined with talent and, and what he's able to do on the field. Um, what do you get for MVP votes? You get top five. You know, I think if you're, yeah. you're going through it all, like not very far behind, and it's really someone that we have not mentioned enough this year is Eckler. Eckler had one of the great running back seasons we've seen in recent years. I mean, 20 touchdowns, eight receiving touchdowns, you know, nearly five yards per carry, 1,500 plus scrimmage yards, you know, 12 touchdowns rushing. Like that's, 
we, he is an absolute nightmare to scheme up when you're a def- defensive coordinator. No doubt about it, what he can do, um, running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield, pass protection, full service back. So LT, LT the only other back to have 20 total touchdowns or more. Yeah. In franchise yeah. history, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're doing the way. superlatives on, it's funny when you're calling the game and you get the superlatives on on Austin, and it's like only he and Marshall Falk have had more than one season of A plus receiving touchdowns. That's it in NFL history. Yeah, right. Austin Eckler and Marshall Falk, who's a Hall of Famer, and then you find out that uh, what was the other one to the 25, whatever receiving touchdowns uh, in first five years. It's like it's him, it's James White, it's Brian Westbrook. Um, I can't remember who else it is, but it's just, it's, it's ridiculous when you see the company that he's in. So, you know, that's, that's probably your, my, you know, that would be my number three. I'd go Herbert Derwin, Austin is my top three guys. Yeah. I, I'd give an honorable mention to Corey Lindsley and what he brought to that. No offense. doubt. It was Slater. And Slater. I mean, but, but Lindsley being the kind of like the, the quarterback of the line and, and I think what he was huge. He was, he was the best center in the game Justin, this year. You know, I, I think he helped Justin get to where, Justin got in year two. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of different dudes you could talk to. I mean, the the fact that we have two one thousand yard receivers too, money. Right. I mean, like Mike's performance put him ahead of Keenan in terms of receiving yards this year. Keenan broke his own receptions franchise record with one hundred and six. So um, there was a lot of. I mean, I, I thought offensively, I, I give Joe Lombardi a lot of credit. For, offense was great. You know, offense was great this year, and yeah. and I think as as this thing rolls on, this. This cheesecake factory, uh, New Orleans playbook. I think Justin's going to digest a little bit more of it, and yeah. uh, you know we'll, we'll see some more uh, fireworks in, in 2022, man. But listen, I, I wish we were going to the zero degree Buffalo this Saturday. So do I. You know, I, I wish I, I would have layered up, would have been on oh, a yeah. plane, would have gotten some wings at the old Anchor Bar, and uh, would have been real exciting Saturday night, buddy. No doubt. I would have uh, would have loved to have, have uh, thrown it to Shannon on the sideline, knowing she had to stand outside in zero degree weather while DJ and I were in a heated booth. <laughs> Nothing well, I enjoyed you know, more than that. You know, what's funny about that. I'll never forget. Uh, it, it was the 2018 season. Shannon was down there. It was like it couldn't have been more humid and like disgusting out. In, in September and she's like I can't believe I got to be down here for this think yeah. about think about uh how life changes in, in three years in, in a few months <laughs> yeah exactly 100 100 you know Miami was a swamp when she was down there and I, can't, I think it was oh yeah in Buffalo was a swamp it was so hot that day it was week two um, yeah it was week two exactly and then it comes to zero and there's six inches of snow on the field and it's a complete different story but um I think this team would have played well in the snow and in, in the cold, just, you know, Justin's strong arm. And, you know, that's what Josh Allen is, right? He's built for that weather to cut through the wind, to cut through the cold uh, and get that thing going, keep the passing game up and going. But, hey, here we are. We're, we're talking we are. about next year, you yeah, know, talking, talking about who are they going to draft and who are they going to sign? And, uh, hey, Derwin was the 17th pick. You know, let's see uh, see if they can make some magic again. Maybe Jordan Davis is going to be there out of Georgia or something like that. Um, Nicobe Dean maybe going to be there, you know, defensive line, linebacker, something lo- along those lines. Um, so there'll be a good player there. And, you know, Tom Telesco done such a good job. Just look at this class. You talked about, you know, that 18 class. You know, how about this class? You know, you got your all-pro left tackle. Uh, you got a corner that you know is going to be a starter moving forward. Trey McKitty looks like, you know, a, he's going you know, he's, 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 he's to grow in step two. Yeah, he's going to grow into a full-service tight end. He's already nasty when he's attached, um, you know, and there's not a lot of tight ends that can catch and, and have that type of strength and, are, and, and willingness 
to, to take on, you know, edge rushers and stand them up like he's been able to do. So he's been great. Nick Neiman on special teams was fantastic. You know, I think one of the guys and, and undrafted, you know, Eamon and, and what Ogbong Bamiga was able to do when, when pressed in to, to duty. So there's, there's some good players in this class as well. That I'm going to be excited to see in year two. Plenty of draft capital too to move yeah. up or, you know, parlay some of this stuff. Uh, I don't think anything's off the table for this this offseason when it comes to developing and, no and adding more personnel to uh, to the Chargers. So, hey, we're not going anywhere. Just because the season's over doesn't mean Chargers Weekly ends. Um, it's a year-round deal. I mean, um, it is called Chargers Weekly. So it's, Chargers it's not weekly. called Chargers yeah. Weekly in season. Weekly in season, exactly. So my yeah. buddy's going to stick around. We're going to talk combine, draft, senior bowl, all that fun stuff in the coming weeks but we appreciate you guys rolling with us throughout 100%. this fun crazy 2021 season we'll see you next thursday for money i'm chris